Ghosts are horny. Spooky. Revisiting female violence. <laughs> that could be any of these episodes. I, I hate to bring up bugs. <laughs> Once again, I have to bring up bugs. Six quick and easy steps for your common demon summoning. I accept this headcanon. Liberal propaganda. Damn cucks. This is a John Winchester hate zone. Could have had okay. Killer Optimus Prime and he had to be racist. To be fucking racist. Persqueeter. Hi and welcome to On the Road with Supernatural, the podcast where we watch and discuss Supernatural episode to episode from the beginning. I'm Jasper Graydon. I'm Jordan Grimm. And I'm Allie. And we'll be your hosts for this Monster of the Week journey through American folklore and Christian mythology. Congrats on season two, y'all. We made it. Yes, we did. I can I can hardly believe it, honestly. I thought we were going to lose you there for a minute, Jordan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I think we'll get to talk about that a little bit in this episode, <laughs> too. Um, no, no, no. We should save it for the season two wrap. True. Yeah, y'all have wrap to come up. to the wrap party. Yeah. yeah. Come support us. Mm-hmm. Hang out. Our wrap parties are incredibly fun, so please do not skip them. You'll mm-hmm. have a good time, I promise. Yeah, what they said. <laughs> yeah, are we ready to dig into the episode? We got our first carry on. Much, intro. much to my displeasure. Much to my excitement. It just, I just don't, I don't like Kansas. I don't like this song particularly. This is like my one, like, oh, the big supernatural thing is the song. I hate this song. Yeah. Like I love, love it in this context. Liking this show made me dislike the song more. Mm. I don't know. It's just like a, a song that existed ambivalently that I wasn't pleased that it existed. But yeah, just yeah. give me a recap. Honestly, I'd rather take that. To me, this song only exists in Supernatural, and I love it. And you, I love that they keep the end with us. Do you remember that TikTok that was going around like? Was it like a year ago? I don't know. I still see it occasionally. That was like how to summon a supernatural fan or whatever. Mm. And it was like, just play the song. Mm -hmm. And I was like, first off, that ain't me. But second off, (laughs) I know so many people, maybe I'm just in a bubble, but like on Twitter, who are like, God help me if I ever have to hear that song again. It's like literally everyone hunkering down and covering their ears and rocking back and forth. See, I think it would summon you, but in an angry way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would still summon, just not in the way they expect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to make a bold statement. And if (gasps) I offend everyone, I'm very, or anyone, I'm very sorry. Jordan's not sorry. But classic rock just reminds me of performative masculinity. Yes. And so I guess it's a good... theme song for the show shut up <laughs> but i hate it you're I'm sorry. right though you're right it reminds me of men that don't know what any type of fashion is so they're like let me just wear a band shirt that's how i dress and they think having skid marks in their underwear is just part of being a man jordan that's disgusting <laughs> wash your asses people yeah and, and listen to something better than kansas true <laughs> Today's episode is Season 2, Episode 22, All Hell Breaks Loose, Part 2, the one where the boys beat the boss battle. This episode was written by Eric Kripke and Michael T. Moore and directed by Kim Manners and originally aired on May 17, 2007. Ooh, we're here. Mm -hmm. I know. 
especially like ooh, it was so hard not to just watch this episode immediately after the last yes. yeah yeah like what a cliffhanger we had to take a break i love though you like as soon as the shitty carry on <laughs> amv was finished you were like now we're gonna do a demon deal and i was like incredible <laughs> yeah <laughs> just called it instantly we gotta find those like reality bending plot devices early in any type of science fiction or horror oh, fantasy oh of course <laughs> as soon as we see sam laying there and dean looking over here jordan says and i quote time to make a deal with some crossroad demons a reality warping catch-all <laughs> yeah you sound like like a radio jangle or something <laughs> i love it i'm so here for it wait I, is jordan god does god. jordan know everything if jordan was god our lives would be a lot better ally i hope so it would definitely sissify the world get ready for it <laughs> get ready for the sissification <laughs> the sorry i got really confused i was like why would you make everyone cisgender <laughs> i was like not only is that evil that's not on brand oh, say not at all that's Wrong so funny sis. i was just like staring at jordan like what the fuck do you yeah, no, mean definitely sissy with an s yeah no like sissy that walk Should I say not yesification the yesification, yes-ification. Yes. so anyway anyway the episode i like that we start with just very high emotion it was great yeah we don't usually start the episodes in a really tense emotional space so it's very right from the get-go sam is on the grossest uncovered mattress i've ever seen he's dead i mean he's dead put him somewhere better like Ali is the floor Ali is like why would you disrespect sam's corpse like that yeah we need his death juices to flow out on a nice bed or the floor. I would take the floor over that fucking mattress, dead or alive. Dead or alive. <laughs> hey, that no. kind of fits into the theme of this episode, too. OTR Supernatural, boy. the classic rock version. <laughs> My graveyard has a portal to hell. <laughs> so with Sam's body on the gross mattress, we, re- we find out that Dean is in mourning and does not want to bury his brother yeah you get the sense that they've been there for quite some time mm-hmm. too yes. because there's all there's like multiple things of food out mm-hmm. and bobby's like don't you think it's been long enough sam, we should bury the body sam would be so much more decomposed though after just like a day yeah i i mean i guess you spend more time with um corpses than i do so well i didn't necessarily mind because sam is definitely a prop in this intro which was played out very well i mean the focus is very much dean here so i wasn't really paying attention to the corpse actually of sam ali is like we need to pick apart the minutiae <laughs> i was like are you keeping this like freezer level level cold like how is sam's body but i mean i can write it off it's so small forgive you this time (laughs) this time supernatural next time show me decay i really thought you were gonna say show me dick (laughs) and i was like why do you want to see corpse dick that didn't say corpse dick was saying that too way too fast there just note (laughs) yeah this moment here is um a pretty good echo of croatoan which was season two episode nine Mm. where uh, Bobby's like, this is world-ending stuff, mm-hmm. and he yells at him, well, then let it end. Um, yeah. So just very much in line with Dean's whole attitude that if he can't figure out stuff with Sam, mm-hmm. then he may as well die because 
he doesn't care about his own life very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the idea of what they owe and like haven't they given enough. Right. And this is what I was talking about a couple of episodes ago when mm-hmm. I was like, well, maybe in terms of actual um, plot points, episode 20, what is and what never should be, or is mm-hmm. it should never be. I always get it mixed up. Anyway, whichever, however the title goes, tonally and what we understand about Dean and how he sees himself in the world around him is very much in line with a lot of his dialogue throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought this was kind of a good um, way to kind of, I don't want to say wrap up because that's not the right word word because these feelings were not resolved, but it was a very big climb up to these feelings just like coming out. Yeah. Like this episode is um, like pulling the one string in Cat's Cradle that makes everything into like a web. Mm -hmm. And I think in a way that makes sense because like the other episodes, Dean always has a reason to live and that reason is sam and that relationship or it's helping people with sam but it really shows like when you take away sam like what's the point for dean anymore right and also this is just heartbreaking and then you watch poor baby bobby watch his two boys like yes. one dead the other not wanting to live or do anything like it's fucking heartbreaking right i that really is one of the most devastating things about this episode to me as much as i love dean and like his whole attitude this episode really hurts my heart bobby having to table his own feelings because Mm -hmm. dean is such a mess while worrying about dean and grieving sam on top of that and trying to be the level-headed one because they have a huge cataclysmic issue they're trying to avoid yeah it just hurts Mm -hmm. i just want to give that old man a hug oh yeah Um, bobby does compose himself very well like um even like after dean's big outburst which i loved yeah um, and i'm so glad i'm getting my man tears Mm -hmm. um Oh, yeah, we really... We love, yeah. Yeah, we really hit a high mark on the man tears this episode. 10 out of 10 man tears. I'm still (laughs) waiting for an ugly cry. I want to be like... True. Oh, there's some real... There's some real nasty ones Mm -hmm. in this show. But I I do like that Bobby still um, does stand up for himself, too, even, like, Mm -hmm. throughout the outburst, and it causes Dean to, like catch himself as well sure yeah it's nice and this is how a parent should be like they tell you how it is give you supports but still give you the space to grieve and feel your feelings knowing where you are if you need the support like bobby a plus parent papa winchester who right exactly okay so we'll just let's go ahead and dive into all of uh the jake scenes at once here since most of them throughout the episode are only a couple of minutes long and they're very very broken up um the first one here is him hiding in the woods and Mm -hmm. the yellow-eyed demon approaches him in his dream i love that this yellow-eyed demon is up on current trends in media um he talks about american idol he talks about beauty pageants right like i love the idea that these demons are just sitting around catching up on their favorite tv shows right 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 yeah um i it's because obviously the the writers write all of the characters but he really reminded me a lot of Dean in this mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. Just in the way that he does talk through, like, the pop culture references and, like, the extra bit of sass. But I think Demon's right. just across the border sassy. <laughs> True. Oh, yeah. In no. In this world. Like, as a rule, like, Meg was, mm-hmm. like, 
deranged, sassy. Yellow-Eyed Demon is like, wow, I love Simon Cowell. <laughs> and like, what other demons? We, we had the Crossroads demons, and yes. they're all like, they're like horny, horny, <laughs> sassy demons. I'm it's into wonderful. it. It is. It's great. Like, we love a bad attitude. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I did want to mention, um, since you brought up the yellow-eyed demon kind of being written similarly to Dean mm-hmm. um, in terms of his dialogue, they also style him very similarly yes. as well in I, terms of costuming. I noticed, too, in this, Jake styled very similarly. Yeah. Um, we had him in the previous episode in, like, um, his army uniform. Right. Um, but in this, he is in, like flannel and over top of that this like almost khaki jacket and jeans and boots yeah and he's so reminiscent of dean um more so than sam because of the the jacket with the flannel yeah i agree um and i think uh ditching the uniform a you know just as a practicality thing in terms Mm -hmm. of literally what's going on in the narrative probably just so he doesn't stand out but you can Mm -hmm. also look at it and say well he's setting aside um the idea of doing something for other people Mm. and like leading a group of people and uh like putting aside a sense of self and claiming things for his individual self instead Mm -hmm. um which would be in line with the end of his arc his Mm -hmm. short two episode arc a really good well a really well acted arc yeah i agree i find this character really really compelling Mm -hmm. I am just obsessed with a descent into madness, though. Yeah. Yes. I, I, that's one of my favorite things. Like, the whole I could fix him trope mm, yeah. or whatever. No. Make, mm-hmm. make him worse. Yes. Make him worse. Well, especially, like, I kind of get it. Because, like, when he, when he, first, I mean, he is um, threatened. And, of course, it's like, you know, if we don't do this, then it's going to put mm-hmm. your mom and your sister in danger. But he's also, like promised a whole new world and honestly like i would be like yeah this world's kind of shitty yeah <laughs> right i'll and try let's roll the dice i think um it's important to note here how race would play into yes. that as well because and being even, a soldier and being a soldier yeah so the army recruits out of poor and marginalized mm. groups using money as an incentive it's a complete scam and the only way they get enough people today yeah yeah so there's that um element of it as well but the with race the fact that he's black means that even now this year being a black person in the united states you are essentially treated like a second class citizen by um the system and by a lot of white people and other people of color um just overall because of you know systemic issues from the founding of this country and Mm -hmm. earlier um so he would be elevated from a second class an unofficial second class citizenship to Mm -hmm. a position of power over a a new world order and um i think you know that even if he wasn't being threatened his family wasn't being threatened with violence that is not an unreasonable uh temptation yeah. to to give into like i i think it makes sense or even choice because he doesn't know like who he would hurt or what this entails sure yeah so even if he made that choice knowing 
as much as he knows and was logically like I don't know what's to come but you know what I have now is fucked I think that's valid yeah no I agree I'm also really sad that I didn't realize until now we always say yellow-eyed demon which is so long we could have been calling him yed all along Oh, do you pronounce it Yed when you see it like that? I say Y-E-D. Really? I always say Yed. That's so weird. Yed. I like Yed. Yed Yed Flanders. (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, after that first Jake scene, Mm -hmm. the next thing that happens is the um, monologue Mm -hmm. that Dean has alone with Sam's body. Mm -hmm. And that's just before he decides to go resurrect him. Although I think we kind of have the sense that that's what he was going to do all along. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been so insistent that um, Bobby leave. I like how he has this time. Um, I think in culture, we need more time for mourning, whether it's with the body there or not. Right. Um, But I think time to reflect and really take that break, um, whether you're processing it in front of the body or like around loved ones. And also, this is a time where you would be theoretically surrounded by loved ones but i think it also shows like how they truly have no one and so few supports him being alone with sam in this scene yeah it yeah it emphasizes their isolation from Mm -hmm. society Uh, for it's just really there's some whiplash having this monologue in the beginning of the episode and then later leading into like a john redemption (laughs) i knew you were gonna hate that i remember at the beginning of the season you were like i swear to god if there is a john redemption (laughs) arc and i'm sitting here like like twiddling my thumbs nothing to look at yeah it's just he's like yeah things were shitty it was Mm -hmm. all on me and i have failed why am i even alive and i'm like this is all john's fault it's not yours yeah yeah no it is i think um there's a lot to be said from this monologue about how he stepped up to be a parent out of necessity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and like some of the sentiments that he expresses, such as wanting him to be a kid a mm-hmm. little longer, or feel very parental as opposed to uh, normal sibling dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think um, the the mirroring of John's uh, demon deal for dean's life also seems to point towards a uh, a parental role so i think this is now when we for first get the like battling up montage he's getting all this <laughs> stuff out of his car which i always enjoy kind of a campy scene like that i think it was helpful too for a change in mood yes yeah. um because now he's like acting out of determination Mm -hmm. and anger with himself and things like that so you can like see through like the cuts in the camera the montaging and like the change in music how um like he's in more of like an adrenal like elevated angry state as opposed to the maudlin self uh defeating kind of or self-blaming space from before and then we get more of a tonal whiplash when we now go to find the really horny crossroad oh my god they're so horny what are they so horny about that's the that's just how they are cross their road yeah obviously because the crossroads crossroad blues episode eight was really centered on dean as well when dean Mm -hmm. goes to make this deal that's what you think of 
first or what I thought of first. And I was thinking back on that episode and how the original crossroads that they found um, that that case was surrounding Mm -hmm. was in the middle of that field of yarrow flowers Mm. and like the idea of yarrow being like a healing plant Mm -hmm. and then here he's going to um uh, facilitate this like act of healing an act of life-giving through the demon deal obviously there wasn't yarrow in this scene there here Mm -hmm. in this episode but i was put in mind of it again absolutely and I like that it's kind of, like, very rocky and almost barren in the shots. Like, you can right. tell there's some grass in the background. Um, but that's not what it's centered on. And I really like that because Dean is, like, at the lowest point. Yeah. Um, And he has... His life to him is over. Like, it's totally barren without his brother there and without someone to protect or work for or help. Um, so I really like the contrast, too, between those two. Yeah. I'm really interested in the way the demon, the Crossroads demon, talks to Dean. Mm -hmm. Um, On top of the fact that she overly emphasizes the fact that he's going to be getting a really good deal, even just Mm -hmm. getting one year of life as compared to his dad. Um, That's very, like, strange. And Mm -hmm. you're obviously supposed to remember it because it gets brought up again, almost the exact same word for word line of dialogue by the yellow demon later. Mm -hmm. Um, But what really stands out to me is when she's like you know i don't why do i want your soul anyway she, and she says your your gutter soul is too tarnished yeah or whatever and i think that really speaks to the trajectory of teen's self-esteem for yeah. the next while and no, i no. think um it's notable that he doesn't try and argue with her and he doesn't get offended or really like he's just like well <laughs> yep mm-hmm. Yeah, And I think this was so intelligent of this demon. Like, this demon can clearly read him very well. Um, yeah. Because we know Dean is someone who's, like, good at talking and good at making deals and persuading people. So I think it also shows, like, what kind of a pit emotionally he's in um, because he doesn't try. He He's, right. like, he tries just the barest bit and then kind of gives up on that. Well, and he's so needing this to work. Yeah, and she even kind of calls him up on it. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, calls him needy. Starts to stop groveling. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and that's not our usual Dean. <laughs> this is our hurt baby Dean. Right, right, right. He doesn't have enough... Um, he's normally more piss and vinegar, I guess. Like, if someone was insulting him, he'd mm-hmm. be, like, grumble, grumble about it. It's like when you have a friend who, like, makes dark jokes and then you say something that hits too close to home with them. Yeah. And they're quiet and you're like, oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is when, right after this, Mm -hmm. is when we get some time with Sam by himself. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I just always am, it's a little strange to me whenever, like, uh, Sam lifts his shirt up because he's so tiny and his clothes are so big. (laughs) Right. Well, he's not even tiny. It's just that his clothes are Massive. huge on him, yes. I think. Which is probably due to the fact that he's so tall. Like, in order to get mm. shirts that are long enough, they probably have to have them just oversized in yeah, general. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I can relate to that. Yeah, because that's just how, like, clothes are made. Yeah. It also looks like a little brother wearing the older brother's clothes, which is funny because 
Sam would be in like belly shirts if they were right. jean shirts. Right, right, exactly. I just always have to laugh and be like, oh, the poor costume department. <laughs> like yeah. trying to figure out how to dress Jared. Mm-hmm. I was interested that Sam still has his scar and it, he wakes up like in pain too from it. Oh, on his back from where the knife wound was? Yeah. Yeah. I th- what I understood from that was that it just patched up what was necessary, mm. um, but didn't. Leaves the like, damage, kind of. Yeah. That's fair. Makes sense. I just was like, if I sold my soul for someone else, I would hope they come out fucking pristine. <laughs> I mean, Dean didn't think to discuss that with the demon, I guess. So <laughs> we need to look at the fine print yeah, here. I think it has like genie rules. You got to mm, word it carefully. And Yep, yep, yep. I do like, though, that um, when Dean has wants Sam to eat, his idea of food is just like a shitload of gas station food. Right. Like they already had, there was like all that alcohol and soda and the big bucket of chicken that Bobby had brought <laughs> earlier. But then he also orders a pizza and then, yeah, other like shit. Like hot dogs in it with all the yeah. donuts. That's funny. That's interesting because those are also like the the foods that would be accessible to them, but also slightly more expensive. Right. So it's probably like what they saved up for when they were kids. Oh my gosh! On Don't say that. I'm gonna yeah. cry. Oh, gosh, thinking about the monologue again. The mm-hmm. bit where he's like talking about their dad being gone for days yeah. and days. I'm like, no! <laughs> I will kill you, John. I've been saying this a lot lately, but I really wish that he was a real person so I could kill him myself. <laughs> yeah, JDM is seems like a good guy. Yeah, he seems all right. I'm mm-hmm. I'm talking about John Winchester. Oh, I know. I'm like I'd love to take it out on JDM, but like, would I though? Uh, yeah, I couldn't. I don't really want to have to talk to a man. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um, are we ready to talk about when the Bobby sees Sam? god yeah bobby was so pissed and i love the shock and i love um how sam catches on to it enough but like there's still the air of no one saying anything directly right he's like what is this reaction yeah and dean's like yeah sam's feeling better yeah (laughs) oh my god yeah bobby did a good job of keeping his composure here which we've seen through this episode that's something he excels at yeah, um, and in previous episodes as well, oh, whenever absolutely. there's high um, tension emotions, he's very good at like getting everybody together and being mm-hmm. like, we need to focus. I um, well, do want to point out, um, we try not to talk about it too much because, of course, it's different for depending on what version you watch. But like the scoring in this episode is incredible yeah i was told that it's just season one for whatever reason that's different okay Mm -hmm. yeah i just feel like if they had this scoring throughout the entire season it would have really done well to make this whole season feel more horror yeah there's there's something about the music in this episode where it feels like um like it matches the tone of the scenes better without being mm-hmm. disruptive. Yes. Um, and there are definitely episodes in the season that do that. I think um, there was one in particular that I had mentioned. I can't remember. I want to say it was Croatoan. Actually, I remember thinking that it had some very good, like dreary sounding alt rock instrumentals while mm. they were pulling yeah. into town. Um, but 
yeah, it would be it would be nice if there was a little more care put into it. Yeah. It it does seem to be a little all over the place. Yeah. And they save it for like these big episodes. And this one it was very well done. I also think they did like the silences well too. Yeah. Um, because it sometimes it feels like they need to fill every second. But yeah. this episode they did it well in action times and actual Ugh, action sequences but then when they needed to they really backed off and just let the the characters lead the way rather than music overpowering it which is something that they, they don't always do very well like in mm-hmm. heart for example they were just playing way too many songs <laughs> oh yeah i was like come on you gotta just let us experience it mm-hmm. i do also love how bobby takes dean outside like he clearly is so ready to scream at dean yeah um and the way he just stays calm and manages not just to take dean outside but like find even a bad excuse but some excuse to get dean separate so that right. sam doesn't have to witness this right it's good parenting i find this scene almost worse than the monologue in terms of the emotional devastation yeah. oh yeah yeah like just oh. having to explain what he did and then experiencing bobby's frustration and despair like oh man and bobby's so smart by putting it on sam like when he says um how's your brother going to feel when he realizes you're going to hell like bobby's clearly upset because he's going to lose dean right Um, but it's so effective putting it this way so that dean also realizes the consequence of his actions right yeah yeah here it's very weird because what Dean is trying to do is save his brother, but what he's effectively doing is passing on a pretty horrible torch that his father passed on to him. Yeah, it it is literally um, generational trauma that yeah. he's creating. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it, the torch of it. Yeah. Yeah. But- I think um, something that was really... So people don't, like, touch Dean a lot. Mm-hmm. And I I find the moment where Bobby, t- like, holds his face, like, so, um, it's so tender, even yeah. in his frustration. And the only other time there's really a, a moment like that is in episode 20, and it's his mom doing yes. it. And I, I think it's significant that, um, you know, show, for showing Bobby as a parental figure without anyone having to say it, that he's echoing the behaviors of um, Mary in mm-hmm. the sort of unconsciously created dream world. Yeah, and I kind of like that Um, not only does he kind of, yeah, is he filling that role of Mary, but he's also very much like a foil to John. Yes. In right. that way. Right, well. yeah. And a foil to sometimes Dean and Sam who are more physically violent like this is a yeah. time where he's like bobby's angry and he's showing he's still using touch as a positive so i think right. it does like kind of break what sam and dean have been raised with with their right dad. right even in his frustration he is expressing um gentleness mm-hmm. which is really fucking hard like go bobby right and dean is so like he feels so small in this in this scene even smaller than the one where he's by himself you know it's all it's all in the timbre of his voice and just how quiet he is when he's trying to make his 
stupid jokes to brush it off mm. and they don't land and I uh I'm interested in the line that he has um which we we haven't been thinking about this since very early in the season the the fact of his dad resurrecting him in the first episode and when he mentions dad brought me back and I'm I'm not supposed to be here mm-hmm. it's yeah. been a really long time since we've been reminded that that's on Dean's brain and yeah. at least this way my life can mean something like damn dude well this is kind of a repeated theme with Dean as well is that um that whole phrase like my so my life can have meaning anytime we've kind of gotten something like that um something similar was uh the genie episode recently right it's like his life can only have meaning if it's to sacrifice himself mm-hmm. for others right and it's really crappy that that's the cycle that he is stuck in and that he has convinced himself of and yeah. has now made that a self-fulfilling prophecy literally through the crossroad demon yeah exactly and it's not just his life but also his happiness mm-hmm. yes and those are both things that seem to be for him intrinsically um Linked. tied to sam yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and our queen arrives Yes, Ellen. Were you surprised that she made it? Oh my gosh, I know I have to like eat my own words. Ellen didn't get like gored by a dog. <laughs> I'm very surprised. Good on you, Supernatural, letting a woman live through an entire season. I know, right? I think wow. when she came back on, you said something like, Ellen's alive for now. <laughs> yeah, there was a, um, yeah, because we'll talk about it a little bit, but there's like themes of survivor's guilt. And I'm like, Ellen, don't have too much survivor's guilt. Like, right. it won't be <laughs> very prolonged. <laughs> oh my God. I still am head canoning that Ash is out there somewhere living his mm-hmm. best gay life. Fully yeah. believe it. Oh, okay. Actually, uh, let me explain why my mind jumped to this. We did like a whole bunch of mental mm-hmm. leaps within the fraction of a sentence. Second. So Ash's best gay life made me think of Dean because gay gay, and that made me think of other Dean ships for this season, which reminded me of Andy. And then I remembered that Sam was talking about Cold Oak and what happened there. And Dean's first reaction was poor Andy. True. We are shipping it. Uh Oh, um, but also, yeah, poor Andy. <laughs> poor yeah. Andy. Poor Ellen. And I, too, poor like... everyone. Poor everyone. Everyone needs a hug. Well, and it's so crazy, too, because, like, the first thing Ellen does when she sees Zine, Dean is immediately, like, give him, like, a big hug. And I'm like, there are all of these people playing the role of parents to poor Dean. Right. Besides his actual dad. Right. And, I mean, granted, his dad is dead. Yes. But would his dad be doing this anyway? No, absolutely no. not. We can say that with 100% mm-hmm. confidence. Well, and also, um, it's also kind of crappy because Dean has now sacrificed himself, has gone through these dialogues of how his life is meaningless, but then we're now seeing two people back to back who mm-hmm. Dean means a lot to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, not just Sam. Not just Sam. And I also really like this is when he gets his supports. Like, we right. have people coming through it. It may not be who Dean would want at first. Not like that he doesn't want them. But sure. obviously, like, anyone wants their parents to care. But even without his parents, he still has these people. Right, exactly. I think um, 
I, I like that the season is ending with the idea that found family is important. Mm-hmm. I also love how fucking smart Bobby is. Like, Bobby is underestimated intelligence-wise. Yes, in the early seasons. Yeah. yeah especially. Because he always notices when shit's going on. Yeah. He's always aware of what's going on with other hunters. Like, he has everything right on law yeah it's not even just that we understand him as smart it's that for him to know everything he knows he also has to be very well connected and very well read absolutely and this is how we kind of find out that um there are omens everywhere except this one section of land in wyoming so if we're gonna have a prequel or something to the show i think the story of um samuel what is his name samuel colt Mm. would be so interesting i don't think that's what they're doing though i think they're literally just doing papa winchester papa winchester yeah Yeah. oh my god now you got me i know i was so proud (gasps) oh yuck (laughs) (laughs) jordan that's such a good idea i never thought about that i would love to see like ancient super hunter 1800s across america see this is what i'm saying i am always saying i want this exact same shit except 19th century yes yeah i i don't know what it is like 19th century period 19th century historical drama it just really vibes with Mm -hmm. me especially it's the late 19th century shit it's that victorian it's the 1890s that decade in particular it's such a good decade except the jim crow laws oh yeah well (laughs) i mean like what are you gonna do now now we got fucking uh carceral slavery yeah, there's so there's always like, racist shit i just love the 1890s because it's stuck in a time of like change i have to say though it is fucking preposterous that they're dropping this giant samuel colt church railroad devil's trap baloney on us in the last episode of this season i'm like are you kidding me this is my one thing with this episode it's too much oh yes i like it because it always reminds me in the 80s when everyone was like everyone's a devil worshiper and they were always trying to connect things in cities to be like this makes a pentacle or this makes all the cemeteries oh my god yeah yeah. and i feel like every town you have a legend of something like that right so i feel like this could go underrated and like how many like someone who had money like Samuel Cole because this is based on the Winchesters I believe roughly because of their amassed fortune Mm -hmm. um they would be building a ton of shit random places like yeah I don't have a problem with that it's the um delivery yeah it's the delivery and pacing of the Mm. delivery it's like we should have been getting some of this information earlier in the season mm-hmm. yes. um, if it was going to be suddenly so important. That's true. And it's very complicated mm-hmm. for it to all be dropped within, like, a minute or two. Like, it just feels yeah. really silly, I guess. Like, it's it's campy, mm-hmm. um, and that makes me, like, fine, okay. But, like, when the whole rest of the episode is so serious, mm-hmm. it's, like... A little tonally weird um yeah well so i also have this issue too i'm like we're given this new thing this is obviously something that the demon has had to prepare many a many mm. years over i'm like we didn't get any mention of a prophecy like mm. we didn't get 
we could have literally have seen these locations mm-hmm. where these churches were built. That's true. Um, yeah, see that I would have liked to see. Yeah. Like, and when you pair it with the fact that. Um, you know, for the center 10 episodes or whatever, it's not that many, but you know, like the whole middle of the season is mm-hmm. just like, who cares about the plot? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. kind of like, uh, I don't know. Like I kind of care, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, so, and then th- when I actually get what the plan is too, I'm like, a part of me is kind of like, it's kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Like we're creating these special children to have like a big hunger games so that one of them can cross through a barrier i'm like could you just have paid some guy (laughs) like did we really have to set this up over like 23 years i think like the idea is that it's not just that person is going to be um the person who walks through the devil's trap and lets Mm. the demons out of the devil's gate it's um that then the demons they let out will be their little demon Mm -hmm. army okay but for a hundred bucks i probably would have done it just a hundred oh yeah yeah, like if you weren't informed i'd be like yeah i'll stick this thing in the weird lock in the cemetery sure (laughs) pay up front (laughs) i'd be like why is this man talking to me just create a craigslist ad (laughs) oh my god jordan (laughs) fiverr.com oh no jesus I do also love, okay, I know I'm still on this, but the idea of something, like, so underfoot as the railroad tracks. Yeah. Because it's something that we're so used to and you don't really think about. Um, But I do think, why do all the churches have to go to each other? Like, that's kind of a little bit of a red flag. Well, Um, okay, here's the thing, mm -hmm. though. Like, churches would have been the center of town um, as you go west when... Americans were expanding Mm -hmm. into the West and kicking Native peoples out of their space like a bunch of fucking assholes and building their little (laughs) towns. The churches would have been in the center of town, right? And then you would have had rail between each town. So to me, it makes perfect sense. Well, I agree. And there's the association of steel being like an anti-paranormal. I agree. Just the connecting to each one, as in, I mean, it would have probably been more like a hexagon with a few dashes oh I that's see. what I you're mean. saying you're taking issue with the fact that it's not a perfect circle it would have been and it's like a pentagon, it's ins- a pentagon instead which makes very little sense transportation time spent like it's Allie, faster you're so weird so i just want the hexagon version and this is like elementary school like sesame street finding shapes what the fuck Allie? but anyways they find jake <laughs> Well, Jake finds them. Jake does find them. Because <laughs> they're, they're waiting for him. I'm, I so love Jake's sudden ability to control people's minds. Yes. I'm really into that. Especially because I think it was him that was the most worried about um, like giving it Andy's almost. mind control mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the previous episode. We did watch it a little while ago, so I don't remember if it was him or if it was... Oh, God, what was the lesbian character's name? I think it was him. She was more just like... She was just, yeah. Mad that it, hers yeah. were naked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then also, um, yeah, he he was the only other one of them who was very concerned about mm-hmm. um, maintaining a certain standard mm-hmm. of morality. Mm-hmm. So I lo- we love to see a descent into madness. Yeah, I just lo- I love to see it. 
I love how this scene unfolds too. Mm-hmm. I love it's Jake first in the cemetery, and then you see Sneaky Dean behind something. Yeah, and then you see Sam as well. And then when Jake turns around, and there's Bobby and mm-hmm. Ellen too. Like it's such a fun way of building up, mm-hmm. and it does show them kind of being experts again. Like we love seeing them being successful at something. Yeah, no, I really do. I love to see that Sneaky Boys. Which is a feat because they're very large. Yes. <laughs> Wear heavy shoes. They think Jared is a fucking obelisk. <laughs> You're just standing there like with his arms up in a point. Like what it's is that yoga? What is that yoga pose? Where you yeah. Oh crane, yeah. Or what yeah, what something like that. Sun salutation. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. Where you have your hands up, palms together. <laughs> I love when Sam kills Jake. And he's, like, you know, sniping at him that whole time, too. Like, because Jake's like, well, mm-hmm. you couldn't kill me before. And he's like, I'm not going to make that mistake again. And this isn't the first time they've really emphasized the fact that Sam is, like, pissed and wants to kill yeah. the shit out of this dude. Um, but they really hammer it in hard here. I think this scene does a really good job of being so fast-paced and there's so much in there but each thing is interesting and doesn't feel overshadowed. Like, I think the choreography of just getting this scene together was so well. Mm -hmm. Like, you have the whole Ellen threat, and then he turns the cult, and then suddenly he's dead. It's like you blink and something else is going on. Right, right, right. Which is how it should be when it's Mm -hmm. a finale. Everything's everything's happening. Um, I do feel like this was also kind of a missed opportunity. I had talked about earlier, like, what if there was like a prophecy that led up to this? I'm like, well, at this point we can assume that now Sam is the leader of the gates of hell. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just would have been cool to like have it be acknowledged besides the yellow eyed demon or Yed. Just being like, I knew it would be you, Sonny boy. (laughs) (laughs) He does talk like that though, doesn't he? Yeah. My one beef with, the yellow-eyed demon stuff right at the end is that he spends so much time harping on Sam not being okay. back the same. I'm like, they did such a good job throughout the episode emphasizing mm-hmm. his um, violent behavior and his aggression. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the camera is really tight on mm-hmm. Jared's yeah. face during the scene where Sam kills Jake and they mm-hmm. have the blood splatter. And the only other time I think um, the blood on the face was emphasized was in... Um, Season two, episode three, Bloodlust, mm-hmm. uh, where they were considering the possibility of Dean's monstrosity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, we get we get the message. Like, we understand. Yeah. Like, your your audience is mm-hmm. even the general audience is smart enough to see like pick up what you're putting down. Like, all the characters are sort of looking at Sam. Like, oh, I don't know about that. Like, mm-hmm. did you really need to shoot him in the face three times, Sam? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the yellow-eyed demon is like, are you sure he's 100% Sammy? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, well, now I'm sure he is because you keep talking about yeah. it. <laughs> I wish he had, like, one line at the end where he's still, like, grasping for control when it's kind of yeah. turned against him. I think that would be a cool thing for him to plant when he knows he's, like, going down. Right. Yeah, yeah, just likes to run his damn gab. Yeah, he just he's just gloating. Yeah. I am. I'm also interested in the decision to have the yellow-eyed demon spend a lot of time taunting Dean instead of speaking yeah. with Sam. I thought that was a little. 
I wasn't sure about that narrative choice personally. To so. me, I was cracking up because I'm like, even when it's Sam's storyline, Dean gets yeah. the dialogue. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell? Like, I feel like that should have been like a, a Sam moment and it just was not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what they were trying to get at perhaps was um the idea of dean filling john's shoes Mm. and so the yellow-eyed demon is treating dean the way he would john Mm -hmm. yeah which brings us to your favorite jordan oh boy john yeah it's kind of funny because um having john come back here isn't necessarily something i fully hate because like for one, we knew that the yellow-eyed demon was actually kind of afraid of John. It was, like, the mm-hmm. only thing he thought of as a threat to his plan. Yeah. And, like, their stories were so intrinsically intertwined, and they were mm. often compared to each other. I think yeah. them having some kind of final encounter encounter was good. I agree, and I'm very glad that Papa Winchester didn't end up with, like, the final shot. Yes. That would have not felt right. No. Yeah. Um. And I think, I think despite it all, I like that his interference saved Dean's life. Yes. Um, and that's partially because I feel like John isn't seen to be doing anything overly beneficial for Dean or Sam throughout um, season one, like, ever. So, like, you, like, Dean and Sam deserve one moment of their dad land it all on the line for them i guess you know and maybe it's not fair of me to exclude the moment of him selling his soul um Mm. but like it is discussed and hammered uh hammered into our heads throughout the season that um john selling his soul for dean was actually a selfish and um uh damaging act Mm -hmm. rather than a a good thing Mm -hmm. at all um so, yeah, I, I think this moment was necessary for some, like, character healing and character growth, especially if we want these characters to um, move on mm-hmm. from their dad's death. Like, it's mm-hmm. important to the narrative. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was very glad that um, the Dean kind of got this happy ending because carrying all of this guilt for his dad sacrificing himself, he physically got to see him move on. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Nice. Um, and it... I like that it pulls in the ideas presented to us in uh, Roadkill, which was episode mm. 16, <clears throat> which is the not really knowing where they go and the idea of unfinished business. Now, my problem, my problem with this then is that, well, what was John's unfinished business? Was his unfinished business um, making sure that his sons lived mm. or was his unfinished business killing the demon? And given uh, the way his whole life trajectory was Mm -hmm. and his behavior during the last year of his life, to me, it reads like he clawed himself out of hell to make sure that the demon died, which is what Dean said also. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm just like, like everything is about that damn thing for you, huh? You know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Even in his little redemption moment, I still am pissed at that dude, you know? Mm -hmm. Because, like, if it was for his sons to live, like, one of his sons is literally running on a timer now, so. Right. I'm really curious, too, if had he not saved his son here, would he have gone to heaven? Like, did he accidentally stumble upon one moment that redeemed him? (laughs) Right, yeah. Oof. I was glad when he left, though. Yeah, get out of here, fucking asshole. 
<laughs> and also, like, his last moment is mm-hmm. with Dean specifically. Yeah. Like, he doesn't really address Sam. Sam's standing in the background like a lost puppy and doesn't get a hug. Well, I don't think Dean does either. He gets a shoulder pat. Yeah. Oh. Well, Sam gets nothing. Yeah, I know. It fucking sucks. Especially because um, I think narratively we're meant to understand that uh, Sam was like kind of preferred by Mm -hmm. John. And this seems like more of a moment of uh, John acknowledging like, yep, you killed the demon than anything else. So then it's like weird that he's acknowledging Dean and not being like, hi, Sam, mm-hmm. bye, Sam. Exactly. So it, it's, a little, it's a little confusing to me in terms of, like, the character writing. I think I had mentioned this before as early as season one, episode mm. three, Dead in the Water, but I feel like the show really just likes themes of finishing cycles of vengeance. Right. And I think that's really played out through season two. Yeah, no, for sure. In this episode especially yeah i mean that's what i think this season is about is about their um it's like overcoming their grief with their dad but also finishing their dad's work yeah 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 oh gosh he's always there john is always there i told you he was gonna be haunting us for a while yeah i'm really curious with one small detail here because when Papa Winchester comes back. He's um, that kind of like clear body. Right. But he's not the only one that comes out of the gate looking like that. I believe there were a few kind of that come out too with the black smoke. Uh-huh. So I'm like, who are these other human souls? Right. Yeah. So that opens a can of worms. Are they just going to be hanging out? Yeah. Do they deserve out? Are well, these truly evil? Like they're in hell. We don't know why. I imagine they're going to become hauntings that the boys oh. will have to deal with later. <laughs> fucking sucks. As if they don't have enough to deal with. Right. I also feel so bad. Like during all of this hullabaloo, like Ellen and Bobby Bobby especially who's like older probably around 60 and they're just like trying so hard to push (laughs) these giant doors closed with like hundreds of demons flying out they're like well like Dean is like laying on the ground getting gloated at by a demon for like five minutes (laughs) what did you think of the scene where Sam corners real quick before that yeah, sure. I love Dean has one of the most Dean lines for this, where they have done this, they've killed the big bad. Oh, yeah. And he goes, well, check that off the to-do list. And I just <laughs> love how quintessential Dean that is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think he's maybe just overwhelmed with the enormity of it all. Yeah. Yeah. But I love but, So he has to, like, crack mm-hmm. a joke about it. Meanwhile, Sam is, like, just basking (laughs) so you had a question for us oh yeah um what did you think of sam's cornering dean about the demon deal versus uh bobby's i love it personally yeah i thought it was a really good scene (laughs) i don't know what else to say yeah i liked it um i really like how 
Dean says the same thing he always has where he's like, I had to do this. I had to save you. And Sam says, like, why can't I save you too? Like, yeah. why does this this guilt and this job belong to you? And I, I really like that because we finally get Sam standing up and, like, being an equal in that conversation. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Um, and I think it's in line with um, – it's in line with – the sort of actions he has to take as an individual mm. in um in heart in episode yeah. 17 mm-hmm. where he has to step up and deal with the monster on his own um here he's stepping up and dealing with this sort of interpersonal mm-hmm. monster that, that's like been haunting their their relationship and their life um mm-hmm. and dealing with it on the same footing as dean but i just love that dean tries to be like it's my job to take care of you and he's like what do you think my job is yeah and poor dean is just like what like it had never occurred to him mm-hmm. that someone could also want to take care of him mm-hmm. which is we've also seen sam in this caretaker role before in faith as well like we know he's mm. capable yeah That's yeah true. absolutely and it's kind of like Sam calling Dean out, like, if you're always acting like this, like, where's the place for me to take on the responsibility? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just thought that was so good, especially at the end of a season. Um, I think it's really coming to terms with the the kind of role they both will serve going forward. Sure. And I also like this as a response to Dean's monologue to Sam's body, um, where he is bemoaning not being able to help Sam be a kid longer mm-hmm. and um, he's able to be honest with Sam when Sam is dead but to his face he has to lie to him again to try and protect him mm-hmm. from the truth like he he isn't honest at first that he has made a demon deal mm-hmm. um, the way he is with Bobby those damn double D's <laughs> demon deals <laughs> oh that's what you mean I was like what the fuck are you talking about all the tits I mean, yeah. But you know Jordan always talking about tits. That's actually that is not. I mean, usually their own tits, but yeah. like that's not out of, out of character, to yeah. be honest. I'm just expecting quick prediction. I'm expecting a lot of double Ds next season. <laughs> Demon Dales or big titties? Yes. Yes. <laughs> wonderful <laughs> Ali did you have any outside research for this episode no, at all? No because we've covered demon deals we've covered he has the demon hasn't gotten a name we've covered everything wow I did look up morning but that was more just my interest right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Do, what about gates to hell I actually did look up that and so gates of hell is really complicated because it's something that is in our culture all the time, like, 0.2 miles from here, we have something we call the gates of hell. Yeah. Um, and it's just something that, like, everywhere and everywhere kind of creepy are labeled the gates of hell. And because it's such a widespread thing and labeling, it's really hard to tell, like, any actual historic history or yeah. mythology. Um, often they look dark and creepy, just like right. this. And it's always, like, you're supposed to do some, like, ritual or say something. Right. I've always understood them as, like, uh, more more like the fairy door or, like, a fairy window. Mm-hmm. Like, when you're walking through somewhere and you cross some sort of natural threshold and then, mm-hmm. you, like, you get that kind of, like, weird feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's some, there's some that look kind of like this that are metal. Um, yeah. Th- and that exist and they're called the demon doors. But 
or the gates of hell. But sadly, there's nothing quite so. Yeah, there's in Philly in the Museum of Art, there's this beautiful, that's the one that I was most interested in, um, beautiful sculpture that is doors carved to be like the actual gates of hell. And they, it's pretty epic. So please, if you're interested, look it up. I'll link it in the show notes, not the show notes, the research. But yeah, it's interesting to me that um, it's just a normal ass looking mausoleum. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of the Sabrina series on Netflix, Mm. but that one is so different. It's like the big door. I think it's in a cave and it's covered Mm -hmm. in skulls and it's like red and huge and all this stuff. Very elaborate and campy. But this is it's just like, yeah, you know, sort of nondescript. So word of advice, if any of you find a demon door, make sure to build seven churches in a circle (laughs) around around it. Then connect railroads. Do you think he just found the demon door? I assumed he made, like, did he make it? Wait. He uh, he probably oh. contained it, and to yes. do so, he maybe had to build a door. That's why we need this series. Also, I, the one part I was a little disappointed, it's so minor, um, but I love cemeteries. Cemeteries are historical. They're a place to go that it's not, quote unquote, like spooky. Like cemeteries were our parks before we had actual parks. Um, Mm -hmm. You would picnic in them. You'd spend days like it was a place to go and get exercise and visit old relatives and things like that. So I kind of cringe every time we get a show that's like, oh, this creepy thing in the cemetery. Right. I love it. Make it in the basement <laughs> of a mall. That's where the real gates of hell would be. They did yeah, that that's true. in uh, that show you, the movie you showed me. Fear Street. Fear Street, oh, that's yeah. that's true. <laughs> that was perfect. Yeah. Give us Fear Street. Um, so I am foregoing a fanfic highlight this time um, just because, you know, it's hard to find really interesting finale related stuff for the early series. And I'm, I'm saving it for three personal wrecks for our season two wrap-up episode. Then so I- tune in next time. For our bonus episode. Woohoo! Yeah. Tune in next time to hear things that I think you should read because I like them. <laughs> and not because they're thematically relevant. <laughs> I guess I should then also mention that we will be forgoing in this episode the predictions for season three because mm. we will also be saving that for the wrap up. Yep. And there will be a surprise. Jasper and Jordan don't know what I'm doing. So, yeah, no, it's a surprise to us too. And let me tell you, a surprise from Allie, the. That kind of scares me a little. Jasper looks physically pained a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm like a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, what has she got in store I for us? I cannot wait. Crazy person. <laughs> well, I don't want to spoil your surprise, so I will go on and, I guess, rate the episode. Yeah, let's mm-hmm. rate the episode. So I'm going to give this episode a four out of five um, grown man tears. <laughs> Good. Um, and I think it's just kind of what Jasper had talked about. Um I feel like this episode is kind of muddied a little bit by it being at the end of two quite long consecutive series. I feel like if maybe they had found a way to fit this kind of in like the middle of the season, it would have had more oomph. Um, Or at least some of the details uh, of it. The details, yeah. So um, there was just a lot. This was a very dense episode where maybe it did not need to Mm -hmm. be. 
So that's it for me. What about you, Allie? I really like this episode. I think placement might be an issue, but I think that's more so on the other episodes. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to take away. And I thought this was one of the most solid episodes we got. So I'm going to give it five out of five abandoned churches. Oh, incredible. What about you, Jasper? I'm going to give this one four point six five. <laughs> Don't laugh at me, Allie. So specific. Four point six five nasty old railroad tracks. Mm. Um, because I think there was just a lot going on in this episode, and I mm-hmm. wish uh, the writers had trusted the audience a mm-hmm. little bit more when it comes to some of the dialogue. Although I understand they're trying very hard to be like, look at all these threads we're pulling mm-hmm. together. Everything's related. Um. And on top of that, I think, like, the tonal shift with all of the kooky conspiracy devil's trap Mm. church thing was just, like, a little too much for me. But, like, it is a good episode. It's a great episode. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Like, it flew by. I couldn't believe how fast it felt when we were taking notes on it. So, yeah. I think that's it. Is that all we have for today? I know. It feels very strange. I know. (laughs) So, So, so fast. My goodness. Thanks for tuning in to On the Road with Supernatural. Our theme music was composed by Anthony Ployhar, and special thanks to Sophia Linden for our logo. If you're having fun, hit us up on Tumblr, Instagram, or Twitter at OTR Supernatural, or contact us by email at ontheroadwithsupernatural at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. That's all for today. See you next time in Season 3. Woo, bye! Bye! Bye!